everybody. This is the Prepared Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Austin. Uh, it is June 30th, and we've had another uh, Supreme Court decision uh, ruling in favor of 2A rights. Uh, came down earlier today that SCOTUS has uh, ruled against magazine capacity bans, assault weapons bans. Um, basically, I, from my understanding, my, my limited understanding right now, pushing it back down to the Ninth Circuit Court to have them add history and text and stuff. To, so basically going to have to, I, I don't know, <clears throat> uh, more clearly define some things. And um, basically it's going to it's a huge win for the Second Amendment. We'll, we'll see more clarity and things coming out of it. Um, but remember the state. You know, June 30th, 2022 may may prove to be the day that the turning point, the turning of the tide here. This in, in combination with the uh, the Bruin ruling, uh, which struck down the New York State uh, request or, or rule, right? You had, you had to request, um, you had to get approval to get a concealed carry permit, Um that struck that down, which has you know been followed by other kinds of legislative moves in states like New York and California to make sure people still can't get their fucking guns, which is just outstanding for so many reasons, right? Um, but I digress. You know, we're here today. Um, hopefully, you're in one of the uh, pro two A states, and uh, you're you're just excited that you you may see some really cool things happening in the near future, and you're not still fighting for your rights because of an oppressive state government. Um, so today I have uh, I have a really cool guest coming on with me. It's uh, Steve Winnegar, who's the CEO of Ripcord Industries. If you guys haven't heard of Ripcord Industries, you should go check them out. They're doing some really cool stuff with building right quality rifles. Building quality rifles, they designed, uh, Steve designed his own handguard that is fairly unique and, and different from what you see on the market and, and very well thought out and um, I had the opportunity to sit down with Steve and and have a really cool discussion around, I mean, not only just, not only just like starting a business, but the things that he's had to endure and work through and these come across in starting a, a gun business, uh, a rifle manufacturing business. Um, I think a lot of people kind of get that idea that, it, oh, it'd be so cool to work in the gun industry. It's, oh, it'd be so easy. I would just do this, this, and this. And it's not it's not quite the way I think anybody really uh, envisions it, you know, so seeing kind of behind the curtain, um, so to speak, right, how the sausage is made, uh, for lack of a better phrase, uh, was very enlightening for me. And, and Steve was more than happy to share his experiences. It sounds like they're doing very well. And they're, uh, they're actually getting up to the point where they're gonna be able to roll out full, uh, full rifle builds, just a couple more things that they're they're waiting on. So I was uh, very excited to uh, be able to connect with Steve and have him on. Like I said, uh, some very enlightening discussion and uh, a conversation that I very, very much enjoyed. Before I get you guys over to to our, our little chit-chat that we had, I do want to make sure that I stop for a moment and, as always, say thank you to our presenting sponsor here at The Prepared Mindset, and that is EclipseHolsters.com. Guys, Jess and her team do fantastic work. They make amazing holsters, wide variety of of types and styles and and, and carry uh, methods. You know, inside the waistband, outside the waistband, whatever whatever you prefer. Right? They have a option for you. Whether you're looking for a mag pouch, a holster, uh, a dump tray, uh, maybe you just need a new carry belt. They stock you know core uh, core belts, 
if you're looking for, you know, uh, some support type items like tourniquet or tourniquet holder, they have those as well. Fantastic family owned company. And they were nice enough to hook you all up with the discount code prepared mindset. That's all one word. And it saves you 20% off your order when you use it at eclipseholsters.com. Now, in addition to saving off saving the 20%, they guarantee that you're going to get your order out in the mail to you in three business days or less. And that's not just because you're coming through, through prepared mindset. That's how they do business. They take amazing care of their customers. Their holsters have a lifetime guarantee. That's actually how I came to be acquainted with Eclipse was ordering a holster from them with one of the fabric clip options that they had reaching out when my wife bought a Glock and no questions asked. Yep. We can exchange that. No questions asked. Not a problem. Lifetime guarantee, lifetime warranty on it. Do you want the same pattern? Do you want the same model? Is it for, you know, what gun? No questions asked. No problems. It was an outstanding, outstanding customer experience uh, for me and their customer service just second to none. In my opinion, they set the bar for the industry. They're fantastic. Also, if you spend over a hundred bucks, you're going to get upgraded to free FedEx two-day shipping, which is awesome. You got a gun, you want to carry it. They take the steps to make sure they can get it made for you and out the door in under three days and take the steps to make sure they can provide to you excellent shipping. So you're not waiting to get that holster. You can carry comfortably. You can carry confidently. Again, if you use our discount code prepared mindset, all one word, it's going to save you 20% off your order, no matter what it is. Maybe you just need a clip. Maybe your, your plastic clip on your holster broke. So you want a discrete carry concepts clip, um, something a little bit more aggressive. You can grab one of those up. Maybe you want some different washers to change out. You want to, you know, flare up your holster a little bit or something. You want to change the look, the appeal, whatever you got to do. You can pick up all of that stuff in their accessory section. Head over to EclipseHolsters.com. Check it out. Let Jess and the, t- and the team put one together for you today. Okay, guys. All right. Uh, that, that's it for me. Um, I'm going to get you on over to my conversation with Steve Winninger, CEO of Ripcord Industries. Hope you all enjoy it. Hey, Steve. How you doing, man? Hey, how's it going? Good. Good. Thanks for coming on, making the time. Uh, I know you guys are, you, you got some things going on. You're pretty busy with, uh, with Ripcord and everything, right? I mean, yeah. Um, thank you for reaching out and, um, and asking me to be on, on your podcast. I, I appreciate the opportunity to sit down and talk with you. Yeah, no, I, honestly, I've been following kind of what you've been doing for the last, I'm going to say year and a half. It's probably been longer that my, with COVID my time perception, I feel like is really screwed up. So I'll, I'll talk to you I'm like, yeah, man, it's been like a year and a half. And I'll go, uh, it's been three years. I go, oh, sorry. You know, no, I, I completely understand that. It's, uh, that whole, uh, during that, that time period, it, it, when you were in it, it it's very, uh, it seemed like it lasted forever. Yep. Um, looking back yep. on it, it was almost like a, a blink or a blur that that whole, that whole year, year and a half is, just flown by and yeah. gone. Yeah, a whole bunch of time where a whole bunch of nothing happened for all of us, yeah. and it was you awful. Used to drive uh, on the highway, and I wouldn't see another soul. It was great because I could get to where I wanted to go, and there was no other yeah. cars on the road. See, I worked from home, so I didn't get to experience that. But my wife told me about it every morning. She's like, "Oh, it's wonderful. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> I make it to work in like half the time. There's no traffic at all." Well, but, I don't know if um, you've ever driven in Tennessee, but that that was uh, kind of a silver lining in the cloud uh, for that time period was no traffic. It's traffic sucks here. 
Oh, it's not much better in Detroit, but we do have the added benefit of having roads that you would see in like a third world country that like <laughs> they feel and look like they've been, you know, mortared out. Like it's our current governor who I hope we vote out in this next election, but like she campaigned and her, her campaign slogan was it's time to fix the damn roads, which hasn't really happened, but it's dude, it's, it is awful here. People, I mean, when snow thaws out and you see all the, the plows have ripped out all the patch and everything, you know, um, usually you'll know where the bad spots are. Cause you'll see two or three cars broken down in the same spot together where they like got a flat. It, it's, it is, it's, it's awful here. It's absolutely awful. And I don't know if it's ever going to get better, but, um, but anyways, uh, so yeah, happy to have you on. Um, let's go ahead and go ahead and, you know, introduce yourself to the listeners and uh, maybe talk a little bit about, uh, you know, who you are and, and what you're doing. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so my name's Steve, uh, started Ripcord Industries in 2020, kind of an odd time to, uh, I guess, start a, start a company when things were all over the place. Yeah. Um, but I, I would say since, you know, regarding Ripcord, you know, I'm, I'm always stressing or, you know, wanting to be further along or being able to do more than what we're doing right now. But then every once in a while, you know, the, the group reminds me like, hey, you know, we're not even three years old yet um, and we're not doing too bad for, for a company that started in, you know, 2020 of all years um, doing what we do. Um, prior to that, um, you know, years ago, uh, joined, joined the military. Uh, I was in the Army National Guard in Indiana, uh, started that back in 20. Oh Lord, uh, <laughs> one, I want to say, um, yeah, it's been a long time, uh, since I've done that. So, 2001, a couple decades. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It makes me feel old thinking about how far along or, you know, how long ago that was, um, you know, it was, uh, it was an infantry company, uh, for, for that time period. Um, got out in 2013. Uh, there was some overlap um, in 2007, starting 2007 was when I uh, got to law enforcement um, in Indiana and then um, did that up until 2018, into 2017 or 2018. Again, a little, little fuzzy. Uh, together. Yeah. A, whatever 11 years was um, for that. So, um, and then, you know, getting out of law enforcement, that was kind of a um, hard decision. Um, you know, I, I wanted to, I wanted to be a, a cop since I was a little kid and it was one of those yeah. things that I would tell people, you know, I'm going to be a cop when I, when I get older, my dad had a high school buddy, uh, that worked at the South Bend police department. Um, you know, when they, when they, when they grew up, you know, from being high school buddies or whatever. Um, and I got to do a ride along with him when I was younger, he'd, you know, come by the house and visit. And sometimes he'd be in a patrol car. Pretty awesome. Yeah. So, and he was always just like a badass. The dude was just like built like a brick shit house. And he always like, you know, would let me like play with the stuff in the car or whatever. And I was like, this, this is what I want to do. Um, and, you know, finally got to do that as an adult. And then, uh, you know, life, life comes at you. If you would have asked me years ago, hey, tell me what the rest of your life is going to look like. I, I would have told you I'm going to retire as an old, you know, grouchy cop. You know, they're going to have to make me leave. That's yeah. what I'm going to do. Stereotypical uh, cop retirement and everything. Yeah. 
this is this is this is what I'm doing. Um, you know, I I had uh, earned a spot um, on our on our SWAT team up there. Uh, worked with a an amazing group of dudes on that team. Um, actually, I'll get to go see all those guys next month. They're doing a SWAT school uh, end of July that I'll I'll be going up to help with. Um, any excuse to go back and hang out with them and work with yeah. them. Um, it's always great to see those dudes. So, but it was time, uh, to get out of law enforcement. Um, you know, and I, I think I got out at a, at a decent time, uh, at least for me and my mental health, uh, and you know, the things that, you know, I was dealing with at our agency and the way kind of things were ran, um, and a little, a little bit lost there for a while, uh, you know, before kind of finding, you know, saying, well, what are the things I like, or, you know, what am I good at? Sure. You know, what sure. could I turn into, you know, um, you know, a livelihood. So, and, you know, I've been messing with guns and tinkering with ARs and all that kind of stuff for many years. And it just kind of seemed like the logical path um, to kind of get into the whole, you know, the gun industry or even the training side of things um, in some aspects. So, you know, here we are today, um, fast forward a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you guys are, so Ripcord actually, you guys do both sides of the house, right? You're, I know I've seen you guys are building rifles um, and then you're also doing training. So you kind of have both pieces of that uh, incorporated under the same umbrella. Is that, is that right? Yeah. It's so the way we have it set up and I've kind of dedicated more time and energy into the like hardware side of things. So like the industry side, we mm-hmm. get like or guns and you know that kind of thing um again this has been a huge like you know uh learning process for myself and you know for the crew that works here um you know like uh if we didn't have certain people on board right now um like the business side of things and managing you know certain forms the part that, the part that doesn't look cool on social media yeah yeah so i i'm fortunate to have the team that i have um, to where I'm not just like lost in the sauce on the business side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and with industries, it's, I mean, yes, it's a business, you know, this is, this is how, you know, we want to make our living. Um, with that being said, you know, we don't want, it's not just about selling a product to somebody. So like, uh, on the website, and they're not the best videos in the world, mainly because I'm very awkward on camera and it's weird, <laughs> you know, I have to be serious or whatever. I don't know, like the, the lens of the camera, just, I don't like it or whatever. So we've got these videos on uh, the how to, like a how to series, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people will hit me up on Instagram or they hit us up, you know, via email and they're like, hey, what's a buffer spring recommendation for this gun? Or, you know, what, you know, X, Y, and Z part, you, you know, should I get? What optic? Yeah. You know, how do I, my gun's doing this and, and how do I fix it? So we're like, you know, I, I think encouraging folks to, uh, to learn how to not just like, you know, you know, have the gun or like get the gun, but, but teaching folks, how do I build it if I want to do it, you know, myself, how do I, 
uh, maintenance parts, like, uh, you know, the perishable stuff like gas tubes, gas rings, uh, you know, recoil springs, you know, how do I, you know, I want to switch from a standard carbine like buffer or tube. And I want to put like, say, you know, uh, like the A5, you know, recoil buffer tube system on. Sure. Change it up. I've seen all manner of types of stuff for like people, you know, it's, they're, they're not exactly hard tasks to do. Um, but people do find a way to, to mess it up pretty bad. Um, and, and for lack of, of just, you know, not knowing. Yeah. Just like knowledge or, or context for, you know, behind, Hey, I, I think, you know, my favorite Instagram personality did this and said, this is a great idea. Guys are like, yeah, I'm gonna go run out and do that. Exactly. But did you understand why? Exactly. The why is important. Um, you know, and, and, and when somebody, you know, see something online that they either think looks cool or they think might work for them or someone that, you know, like you said, someone that they see online that they, you know, trust that person's word, mm-hmm. you know, but don't understand like, well, that person's setup is X, Y, and Z. And that's why this is what they found to work for them. Not necessarily saying that that won't work for you, but you've got to be willing to maybe try stuff and it not work out to yeah. find out what's going to work for you. So you know, our, our kind of method for like building or, you know, tuning a gun or that kind of thing is more, uh, uh, on this like plain Jane kind of side of the house and not trying to do like uber fancy, you know, proprietary type, you know, or if, if, uh, the, the buffer in the spring is a good example, right? Some of these systems require you to have like their buffer tube, their spring, their, you know, uh, like buffers. Cause the design requires that and it can be more expensive. I'm not saying it's bad. You shouldn't do that. But for us, especially if someone's trying to do something within a budget or be mindful uh, of budget when they're right. you know, purchasing parts or putting stuff together uh, to minimize that, like, you know, quote unquote waste, you know, BCM buffers and spring coast springs, you know, it doesn't matter who made your. That's what I run. Honestly, that's buffer. what I picked up. Yeah. And, and, and they're, they're less expensive and you can get the same result at least, you know, a lot easier, maybe on a first time go when you try something than if you, you know, spend 130 or more dollars on a complete like system or thing mm-hmm. and you could, spend, you know, half that and got the same result. Yeah. I think a lot of guys look at that and they get, you know, caught up in the weeds and it's for your, for a lot of shooters, you know, it just needs to run, you know, I mean, you're probably running, 55 grain, you know, uh, practice ammo, as long as it's going to cycle reliably, that's for probably 80% of people, right. 75% of people, that's really what, what they need. You know, mm-hmm. um, I feel like guys get caught up in that stuff and it's like, just understand if you, you, I mean, tuning your gun is a good idea, right. That's not, I don't think you're saying that's a bad thing, right. It's just, is it necessary? And then, like you said, you have to understand, you're probably going to have to spend a little money you might buy the wrong thing. understand that it's not, it may not be the remedy to whatever issue you're trying to, to fix, you know, whether it's uh, you know, I feel like a lot of guys have like, Oh yeah. Do you need an adjustable gas block? That's going to fix everything. And it's like, well, it might fix some things. I don't know if it's going to fix everything, you know? So then when you find out that it doesn't, you just spent, you know, however much the gas block cost, 
probably whatever you paid the gunsmith to put it in. Right. And you may not be any closer to your end goal of, I don't know, fixing your ejection pattern. I have no idea, but um, yeah, just cause you see yeah. your favorite YouTube guy doing, it doesn't mean you need it. You just need something that's going to run, you know, you be able to rely on that platform. Yeah, absolutely. Reliability, I think should be people's first goal. And then from there, um, you know, making sure that it runs the way they want it. Um, you know, like, uh, we do try to encourage people to, if they purchase a barrel, you know, get a headspace bolt with it. And most of us that go to the range aren't going to like notice or see any like visible accuracy improvement, even though you're getting more consistent chamber pressures because you're getting consistent uh -huh. depth and, you know, good lock time and all that with the headspace bolt, you know, on the mechanical side of the house, if you do have a headspace bolt, then the gun is running a little bit more efficiently in the sense of where it's staying locked, how long it needs to. So you're not getting like hard extractions where they, the casing is still, you know, swelled up, you know, causing that, that, that plug so that pressure can build. So your bolts not coming unlocked too soon, trying to yank that out, maybe, you know, screwing up lugs, uh, you know, pulling the back of the casing off. And now you've got a malfunction where you have to disassemble the gun to, you know, potentially to get that out. Um, it's more of a, for the majority of us, a, uh, more efficient mechanical benefit. So, in, in our so something like that with like head spacing the bolt and everything is that are most guns that come, I guess, pre-built, like, uh, you know, are, are those always going to have that done? You know, is, cause I feel like we see a lot of the, you know, the just as good, you know, so is like your Ruger five, five, six or your Smith and Wesson, you know, MMP sport too. Is that going to have something like that? Or is this one of those things where, you know, Hey, this makes a difference. This is why you need to look at something like ripcord and what you guys are doing or BCM or, you know, fill in the blank of a higher, higher tier, higher caliber, um, you know, rifle. I don't want to speak for every company. Cause I honestly, I don't, um, I, you know, I can't definitively say yeah. exactly what some, some of them do, but if you look at, uh, when you go to order, say, an assembled upper receiver group from someplace, right? It's mm -hmm. listed. Um, it'll it'll be on on their on the web page or whatever. Um, and it's just it's the upper receiver, right? There's no charging handle, the bolt carrier group, no yep. bolt. Yep. And then they, you can kind of add or you know customize or say, hey, I want this flash hider or yes, a charging handle, no charging handle, that kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. It without all that then you, the, the bolt may not be headspaced, you know, uh, when you just throw a bolt carrier group in it, right? Or just whatever bolt. Um, now, if you do select to add that, I, I, there's a, you know, maybe they are headspacing, checking the bolt for that barrel, making sure that it's, you know, best fits that barrel. Yeah, if and I just, I, I, yeah, no. And I wonder just because you do, you see so many more people um, and not to, crap on you know palmetto state or anything but you know guys run to palmetto and you know here i'm gonna it's the budget way to do it i'm gonna run and jump one grab one of these and and hey you know what i i built and my first ar pistol which i actually still run it's not it's got hardly anything on it from palmetto anymore but it started as a palmetto gun and i never had any issues with it um so you might be fine but i know that you may not be and then if you're really building it from scratch you could really start to have some serious issues when you're, you're, you know, your barrel from one company, your upper from 
Anderson and then your barrel nut could be from a crappy, you know, uh, you know, rail company or handguard company from China or something. And guys start to piece this stuff together and then they wonder why they have the issues that they have. So, yeah, I mean, I think- in hell, depending on who's machining the receivers, like the shell of the gun, um, you know, they may be getting the forgings from the same place as 18 other people, but how it's machined mm-hmm. and how they they're tooling up and how consistently they perform that process um, says a lot about, you know, it will, it will show in, in their, in their work. Um, but, you know, we, we do recommend a headspace bolt, like for us, like, yeah. if, you know, the up receiver groups start to become more uh, steadily available from us. Like you'll notice that it, you know, the upper receiver group comes with a headspace bolt. Now, as we're able to, get more stuff like done in a shorter amount of period of time. Um, you know, we'll start looking into options where you add a, add the bolt carrier, you know, pick the color of the rail, what muzzle device do you want on it? You know, that kind of thing. Um, but for right now it's, you know, you can get the upper receiver group and it comes with a headspace bolt. So then you just plug that into your bolt carrier and Mm -hmm. you know, you're go. So you know, you mentioned that, you know, there's, I know there's only a handful of places really in the country are doing the forgings and everything, but so was that a big challenge when you guys, when you were getting started, right. Was figuring out where to get, you know, these parts from uh, quality control. Hey, once we get it from them, what are we going to do additional? I mean, I know, I'm sure you had at least you had, you had some armor type experience, you know, going into all of this, but I'm sure once you get into like the the supplier side of it and you're dealing more, I don't want to say raw materials, but I guess more in, in, in raw materials rather than, you yeah, know, that's, that's or something. yeah, there's probably a lot more to look at with, with, with all of that, you know, when you're starting to build rifles on a mass scale versus, Hey, uh, can you put this one together? We bought this BCM upper, here's an arrow lower, go ahead and, uh, let me know how she does, you know? Yeah, and that's kind of the easy part of it is if, uh, we haven't been doing it as much lately on like letting customers send in, you know, parts and we put stuff together. Um, well, when we have, you know, some more guys on the team that can help at the workbench, you know, um, doing, you know, wrenching on guns, we can open that back up, but that in itself, and I was kind of like a sidebar, but that in itself, if, you know, someone says, Hey, I've got these parts and they send it in and then they don't realize like, like if you're going to run a suppressor and you have that muzzle device that is the mount for your suppressor, yep. you shouldn't be using a crush washer, right? There's a, there's a shim kit. There should be a shim kit. With I, that, so. I, yeah, I had to figure that one out because I just got my suppressor and I was super paranoid about all that. <clears throat> and I finally read online or actually, no, I'm sorry. I emailed the support team at dead air and like big cap letters, like do not use a crush washer. I'm like, well, shit. All right, good. Glad I reached out and asked, <laughs> you know, like, all right, cool. So I, yeah, I took it off and I get it. The crush washer is easy. The shim kit's kind of annoying, putting it on and off like 12 times to figure it out, but hell, it's I was, yeah, it's save, worth that to save the baffle strike, you know, yeah. cause that was my uh, paranoia, you know, and, and, and it could happen. I'm not, you know, like I'm sure there's somebody out there that has a crush washer on their, you know, flash hider that there's a can on and they've been fine, but you just, you really run the risk of, of ruining a can, but to your question, like, you know, going through and trying to, you know, like the forgings, I, you know, I going into this, 
knew I kind of tiered it out. Like, this is my top choice. This is the forgings that I want. Um, and then I had a backup and a backup to that. Um, and we, we were fortunate enough to be able to get in with Cero, uh, into their manufacturing schedule. Uh, that was like my top. Um, I like the keyhole forge mark and then, um, all the receivers that I'd ever like been issued that were machined from Cero Forge were always just like, like smooth, just very like, I liked it. So like that was, you know, both my receivers and law enforcement had the keyhole on. So I was like, that was, that's what I want. That's where I want to go. Uh, yeah. Uh, then you got like uh, brass aluminum and anchor Harvey were like, I think my next, next couple of choices. Um, but then, you know, let's say, you know, talk about learning process, getting the, uh, the forgings and then, you know, processing those into like upper receiver and a lower receiver, you know, and I, a firearm, um, learning that how, how it's, how much or little it's sandblasted. So like how much you prep that surface can determine how shiny your anodizing looks or how matte it looks or how textured, oh, sure. right. Yeah. So how, how, like, how you decide to, you want your anode to kind of look, um, can, you know, based on how you process that, that face of the, uh, the receivers, you know, once they've been machined, yeah. can kind of dictate the, the coding a little bit. Yeah. Cause especially cause guys freak out too. Now everyone's trying to, I'm trying to color match all their gear to the exact shade of Ranger green or coyote Brown. Like it's got to match. And I'm like, yeah. Like it's, it's not my thing personally. Like I, I'm, I'm cool with black everything and I don't, you know, if you don't like it, paint it, but I know. I've, I've, yeah. I mean, I've seen those guys that freak out. They're like, I wish everyone could just understand what coyote Brown is I'm like, okay, well, um, do you understand the process that goes into it? I mean, what you just said there makes total sense. I would have never have thought about it. Like, yep. Yeah, how much sandblasting you do, how much material was removed and everything makes total sense with how much you can, you know, a uh, powder coat or Cerakote or anodize or whatever, until you start getting out of tolerances and, and there's, there's math there, you know, but people don't think about it. Yeah. I mean, anodizing was another um, learning process. Like, you know, I just knew that anodizing was some sort of like chemical treatment and, <laughs> you know, that was it. Like, and then um, I was getting these marks um, on some of the parts. So Per the industry standard, there will be a rack mark uh, on anodized parts, but they're supposed to be somewhere internal or hidden so that they're not like on the face of the product. Sure, sure. And so we went through several different anodizing facilities until we came uh, um, to the one we're using now. Uh, and these guys are amazing. Um, they're like, they'll talk to you, send you photos, give you updates, like, and, and what we like about them is that um, even in just like standard black anodizing, right, that standard uh, mm -hmm. three class two, it just looked better. Like it looked like more like it had more substance to it. Like when you held it up next to some of the, you know, the other work we had seen. Um, and I'm like, well, you know, we're wanting to do some colors, you know, offer the rails in different colors. Um, let's see what they can do. And yeah. Um, their ability to keep a left, you know, within a left and right limit consistently yeah. is 
is really good. Um, so, so we're not, how do, how do you even, how do you even go about doing something like that? Like, Hey, I got 12 uppers. I'm just going to send them out and everyone's going to anodize it. And then we're going to like, it's kind of like picking out shades of paint when you're, you're painting the house. Kinda, you what, little, uh, what are those? The, the swatch swatches? Card? Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> We yeah, just, we're going, I'm going through a bathroom remodel right now. So I just suffer. My wife's like, oh, look, I found this. It's an entire sheet of paper. You could just adhere to the wall. I'm like, can you just. God, God bless your poor soul. <laughs> yeah, I know. She's great. I love her. And the color did turn out. It did turn out good. But I'm like, I hate, I hate this more than almost anything else. <laughs> this is rough. Yeah, I get it. yeah, it's, you know, what, what for us, the kind of the process it kind of went through was hey, first couple batches looked really great, right? Mm-hmm. Good job. And then after that, it was like, you know, they didn't care anymore almost. They're like, ah, oh, we got this guy's business. So, you know, then we're starting to see. Right, right. The rack marks, you know, being ridiculous. Uh, uh, you know, weird, like the, the parts weren't prepped properly. So there's still oils. And so you oh. have like running paint in the finish, fingerprints, like. Oh, no, you can't. No. Yeah. So I was like, well, we can't do this. So we ended up finding a place in Oklahoma and these guys were just knocking it out of the park. Um, like really well. Um, doing yeah. Great. I feel like I'm sure that's probably stuff like that more than I'm sure a lot of, a lot of the other things people think you spend your time on is probably what you've put most energy into is chasing stuff like that and trying to figure out, you know, like, it's the least fun part of the job, I'm assuming, anyways, but it's probably what you spent the most time on for a while. Yeah, it's it's fun when it works out and you're able to like, you know, if you ever you know, ordered a new part and it came in the mail and you're like, ah, and you open the box, you're like, yay. Um, yep. Yep. It's fun when you get it back and they knock it out of the park. It's not fun when you thought you spoke English and you articulated something very well and then yeah. there's a and you're like, I think that looks good. And then you get, you know, you you physically see it and you're like, oh my God, what is this? And it's, it can get depressing. Right. Like OD green anodizing. The reason that hasn't come out yet is, is because it's been a process to dial that color in and keep it within that, that one over all the rest of them has been the hardest to dial in. Yeah. And so we wanted to make sure we gave those guys time to, to figure out their process to, to, you know, let them have the time that they needed to be comfortable with their work. Well, sure. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's, you know, it take, it's taken a hot minute. We don't want to just be like, ah, screw it. Here's your, here's your Sprite green rail. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's a process, you know, they got to dial it in. I mean, cause there's it just like we were talking about, you know, you look at paint swatches, right. I mean, there's millions of different combinations. And until you really, I think, you know, you understand what it is and I don't understand the anodizing process. So I don't really know how it is they do it, but I, I can only assume there's a process. They need to figure out what that, what that is for them and, and then be able to consistently repeat that. So it, it takes time and people just got to understand. I know everyone wants everything in Ranger green these days, which I mean, that's me. Like, I love that color. I, I Ranger went out. Green is cool. <laughs> yeah. I went out at the beginning of the year. I bought, I bought all new, I bought a new plate carrier belt, like everything. I just, Ranger green, you know, I got away from, it's kind of cringy. I, I went away from the uh, multi-cam black that I was rocking before that and, and jumped into Ranger green on everything. And, you know, so I get it. Um, hey, you know, that's, that's, 
sidebar statement, but you know, if people like a camo, like just, just, you know, let your camo flag fly or whatever, yeah. you know, just that's the, that's like, that's probably the, I, I think maybe probably the, one of the dumbest things to be embarrassed about, be like, you don't have to justify that to anybody or any of your gear purchases. No, I mean, if, I will, I will agree with that. Like 99% of the time, I will tell you the one that I see guys or, or the two, I guess I see guys go out and like spend just ridiculous money on is like the, um, what do they call it? Like the Bayside or like the splatter or whatever, like the nineties, like weird, uh, Where it's like with paint colors. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. That one. Or I've seen some guys buy stuff where it's like fake, uh, like Louis Vuitton pattern. And they get it on like their yes. placards and their I'm like, cool, man. Well, if you get shot, at least you'll look good. So, I mean, cool, do whatever. But yeah, I mean, it, it is a good point. You know, I mean, rock what you got. And if you like it, you like it. I know a lot of guys get all get a bunch of heartburn about it and stuff. And like, well, look what it looks like under knots. Like, okay, okay, I mean, yeah. cool. Um, Thank you for letting me know. Um, I, I guess before we lose lose the the topic, since we're on anodizing, yeah. um, one of the other things that that I learned also too, like with this process, is that your racks, right? You have to have based on the size and weight. I believe, if I'm not mis misspeaking, but size and weight um, mm -hmm. or mass of the aluminum, right? You have to have so much contact area with the part because they run electricity through it. And if oh, you don't have that okay. equation down right, you actually melt the part. So See you that? Get, like, I did not know. Right? It's dipped in this, like, this tank. And so like um, with FDE, right? We kind of went on the lighter, more Magpul side. Mm -hmm. um, can't have it in the tank as long as some of the other darker parts. So the longer it's in there, the darker it'll get. Um, and so therefore that finish isn't necessarily as thick as say your standard black, you know, anno, right? Yeah. With the dye or whatnot. So there's like little nuances, like if the temperature, you know, goes up or is, you know, a part that was in the tank before another part that's higher in the tank was put in, that part may come out darker than the one up top within that same batch. Um, yeah. A whole slew of, of nonsense that goes on with the anodizing. And that's why some people just don't even mess with it anymore, but we're yeah, lucky to have it. Does it. Hard to be consistent. And I mean, and you know, you want to be able to, I'm sure provide that on, a, on your side, right. Consistent basis for your customers and, you know, uh, I get it. It makes sense. I think, like, like I said, I think guys freak out a little bit about the color matching and it's like, dude, just, you're probably going to spray paint it anyways. Just if you need it to have to be a, a certain color, do that. I don't know. That's just my opinion. I don't understand. No, but I, it, I, that's what I people agree. are into, you know? And, and that's, we, we try to commu communicate that uh, with folks where it's like, Hey, you know, your upper and your lower may not be the literally exact perfect same shade it'll be very close but it may not be the absolute perfect now if you talk about like the anno between 7075 aluminum and 6061 aluminum those you know can have a variation they take the color differently because the different sure. types of aluminum. right and if you polymer parts and you've got aluminum parts they reflect light differently Right. So depending on the lighting condition you're in, they can either look like they match really well, or you can say, Hey, I can see a difference between the two. Um, and then again, with like fabrics, like our, our uniforms or clothing, 
right. you're trying to get that to match your furniture, you know, what have you, it's a different material. So it reflects light. Differently. Yeah. I don't know. Is that something you guys get a lot of? You know, I mean, I don't know if you have, if you've done like batches for law enforcement or, or teams or anything like that. Is that I don't know. I, I've seen some pictures where it seems like they make that an important thing. I've also seen stuff where it seems like they don't really care. You know, we don't get that um, comment or complaint, I guess, as, as often. Because um, yeah. I think we've we've done it maybe you know, hopefully done a, a decent job of trying to explain that process or, you know, just the just the way it is now. You know, with that being said, you know, some companies do a really good job of keeping a, you know, a tighter tolerance on colors, you know, or those shades. Um, mm-hmm. um, or just like, look, we send the parts to anodizing. They come back how they come back. It is what it is. It is yeah. what it is. Um, and, you know, that's, that's, I think, sometimes, too, where if somebody does ask us a question, what we try to do is we try to not just be like, Oh, whatever. Or, you know, quit your bitch in or anything like that. <laughs> Let's, you know, cause a lot of people will make comments and you can kind of tell when they are making the comment based on something that they're just ignorant to, not because they've chosen to be necessarily, but just, they just they, don't know what they don't know. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, it's not, you know, a, a big, a big part of what we do is, is, you know, trying to keep up with like DMS or, you know, emails. Sure. Sure. Doing that education type type side of things. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's that's and I've had that com- that same or very similar conversation with a couple of other guests as well. You know, um, positive information right into the community, uh, whether it's how to pull a trigger or uh, you know how to diagnose you know an ejection pattern or something you know how color matching works. I mean, people just don't know. You know, so to that point, I know there's companies out there that's how they handle business is, you know, uh, there's, there's one I'm thinking of, I'm not going to say the name where the, the owner, I think gets on like IG live and tells people to F off all the time. And I was like, well, that's really weird. Um, I don't know if I do business that way. I guess you get a lot of really angry, angry correspondence, but, uh, I don't know. That's, that's how I would do it. You know, it, you know, how do I, how do I tactfully put this? <laughs> You know, there's, I, can, I can see both sides of the coin in that area because you get, you know, today's age with the social media and you got you know, Amazon, you can get things immediately. And, and, you know, we have so much information just that we can have access to almost immediately. Immediately. Yeah. Which you would think that with, you know, with the technology trying to access information or do a search you know, a simple Google search or something where you're trying to learn about something or trying to answer a question for yourself. Mm -hmm. I think that that kind of uh, people have, you know, as a group, I'm lumping, you know, society into this is a very vague statement, but a lot of people have just gotten so used to all just ask when 10 seconds they could have answered the question themselves or learned, maybe gained a little bit of experience and tried something, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. where they're getting value out of either an attempt in success or attempt in failure, a recorrection, and then getting that success or trying to find the answer on their own. Um, right. And depending on, you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, that's how people should, should be is like, you know, the response should just be like, you know, F you or whatever. 
Um, but I can see where, you know, maybe it's been a long week and you've had a bad day and then you've just answered the hundredth, like, you know, quote unquote, dumb question of the day where you're just like, I'm over it. I'm not dealing with this anymore. Um, so I, I can understand, I guess, to an extent where people's like patience have gone away. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just, yeah, it, it's good information um, and, you know, balance it, limit it, whatever you got to do. You know, I, I certainly understand. And um, that's one of the things I think that, you know, people don't necessarily realize. Like I, I grew up in a household where my mother ran her own business for, uh, I don't know, 30 plus years uh, until there was a fire and and then there was no more. But like, <clears throat> it's a different it's a different set of stresses, different set of issues. And people don't necessarily realize, like, I get up, I get on the computer at like 7 a.m., around 5, I'm done, and that's it, then I'm done. You know, uh, in a lot of instances, especially in this, uh, I'll say industry or, or community, right? Um, that's not the case. You know, and people don't, people are, like you said, they're ignorant to that. They don't realize, hey, you've probably been up since 5. It's now 8.30 at night. And like you said, you're on the 100th uh, DM or 100th question. And, you know, some people, you know, they get weird about answers or they apply tone, which is another bad thing that comes with technology. So, I mean, you do what you can. That and, you know, messages. So, like, the tone that you, I guess, sometimes you read things with, it's kind of like what you're assuming about the conversation or question. You're almost projecting that into it, which can, you know, if you're not, I guess, mindful of, you know, in today's day and age, kind of how people are, right, you know, like I said, you know, they want stuff now and it's just easier to just ask, I guess, than to try and learn something or research something on their own first. Um, you know, do I like that that's how people are? Not necessarily. I wish people would take more like personal responsibility when it comes to, you know, their learning process. Um, but at the same time, they've got to have good places to go to ask or to be yep. like, you know, take that opportunity if they ask a question, even though if they had taken two seconds to like maybe go on the website or, you know, Google it or whatever. Right. If you take that opportunity to like, if you got to scream or whatever into the pillow for a second, you know, be like, ah, yep. right? but then like take a step back and be like, you know what? Try to take the opportunity to make it positive where your answer or your response Maybe you don't give them everything. Maybe you don't have the time to give them the whole entire answer, but you can at least point them in the right direction or get them started or encourage yeah. them to take that, that first step and like, okay, I think I know where I need to go to like finish learning about. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, try and help people where you can and encourage people to, to learn on their own when you can. I mean, it's, it, it's all good and positive, you know, um, it's all, it's all kind of rolled up together, uh, in, in how I think people need to, uh, positively interact right in, in this, in, in this community, this environment, whatever you want to call it, uh, that's going to help bring a more positive light to what's going on, bring in new shooters, teach people more, inform people. And, 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 you know, like you said, with, with the access to technology, you want everything immediately. That means that people are able to put that information back out into the world just as fast. So, uh, I mean, the hope I'm, you know, certainly right. Is that then that person goes and tells like 10 people who tell another 10 people. And hopefully that means you get less messages on that, on that one thing, but you know, 
Well, and I hope I come off as like, you know, don't, don't ask no. us questions. No, <laughs> you know, and I, <clears throat> I, I've had a couple of guests on in the past couple of weeks that, that very much the same point, you know, I mean, you guys, people have lives, you know, um, so I, and I've done it before. I, you know, at 11:45 at night answering messages about stuff. I'm like, should really be trying to sleep right now, but I'm going to answer this instead. And, you know, cause never, it's never like one message. It's never like, Hey Steve, why isn't my shade of green like this? It's always like eight messages back and forth or, or 20 messages. And it turns into a whole thing across like 45 minutes. And, you know? and that can be fun sometimes I've, I've actually, you know, started answering a question and then that ended up turning into like a really cool conversation with somebody. So there's always that opportunity as well. Yeah, that's a good point. How conversation's going to go. So, you know, yeah, I I'm human. I get tired and, and sometimes I'm like, ah, you know, like, ah, but I, 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 you know, something I didn't do when I was younger was take a breath and, you know, I would act out of like emotion and yep. you know, that, that knee jerk yeah. reaction. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But that, you know, maybe it makes you feel better for like two seconds, but it doesn't, like, it didn't accomplish anything, you know? Right. Right. It's, you know, especially when we talk about like everyone uses the word community when it comes to like, you know, the two way community or the, the, the gun industry or whatever. And if, you know, if we as ripcord act you know, like what you see all the nonsense on Instagram, if, if that's how we interact with people, then we're not doing anything positive to actually like, you know, act as though this is a community that, you know, helping others or encouraging or trying to lead someone, you know, to, to bettering themselves or whatever. So yeah. taking a breath, trying to, you know, turn, you know, find the positive and, and, and try to, you know, do it that way, I, th- I think is more beneficial for everybody around. Yeah, no, I would agree. And I think you guys are doing a, a lot of good things, um, both on social media and then w- with, with what you guys are offering, you know, one thing that I saw that I had to stop and look again and, and, and start looking into was you guys designed your own rail or, or handguard. I mean, I've know people can use those terms interchangeably, but you, you guys, <laughs> yeah, you guys designed, I mean, cause I, I think everyone kind of thinks about that, right? At some point you're like, yeah, I bet I could design that. I bet that'd be cool. And then when you start looking at it, you're like, nope, someone else did it. Nope. Somebody else already did this, but you guys actually, you know, I think found a, and it's not just the goal to be different, right? I mean, meaningfully different, right? The, a positive benefit to that, that difference. Um, but for the first time in a while, I was like, okay, this is neat. You know, this, this makes sense. I think it was a you. I mean, it was a YouTube video. I think you guys maybe did with, um, with mill spec mojo or something like yeah. that, um, where you went through it, but, uh, talk about that for a second. Cause I'm assuming that had to have been some, that had to have been a process, you know, like, definitely. um, you know, uh, drawing something on a piece of paper and having an idea in your head and putting it on paper is one thing. And then talking to an engineer, who's going to 3d this and rip all your ideas apart and tell you why it's not going to work. (laughs) Yeah. Or be like, Hey, if we do this angle, that's not a good angle because you know, structure or it's going to interfere with another part or there's not space. Yeah. Um, You know, uh, basically, you know, 
that, that was, that was a fun process actually is like getting to sit down with an engineer and see a 2d drawing turn into a 3d model that you can manipulate. And then from there, you know, just like a back section, you know, of an extrusion that was only machined enough to where you could test it, you know, features on a barrel nut, you know, on a receiver. Yeah. And to see it kind of come to life, you know, step by step was, was pretty amazing. Um, you know, uh, early on, uh, going through it didn't necessarily originally, you know, uh, who I had, you know, discussed some things with, um, I, I, I wasn't being allowed to have kind of like total control over, you know, the features and the design of certain parts. Um, and communication ended up kind of being like really spotty and it just wasn't working out. Um, and then, you know, a buddy of mine from law enforcement was like, Hey, our, our company can absolutely do this. Um, and then it kind of started the process all over again. Um, but this time I got to, I got to really sit down and go through like the meat potatoes of every little thing I wanted to do and see it come to life, you know, in CAD. Yeah. Uh, So like the barrel nut for one, like like the base for the rail, like that's, it's gotta be beefy. It's gotta be, you know, a durable material. It's gotta, you know, make sure that uh, it doesn't heat up, you know, uber fast. It's gotta make sure to hold the barrel, you know, in place, you know, through use, not just enough to where I've torqued it on, but now as the gun is, is used and stuff starts to heat up, we want to make sure that that barrel nut's actually keeping your barrel in place and it's not allowed to shift or slightly, you know, you know, come loose or what have you. Um, and then it's other function is a solid base for the rail. And, you know, 1913 is cool. I'm always going to like be a huge fan of the Riz 2, my all time favorite, you know, rail. Uh, Love quad rails. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. Like you, like you can legit, like someone said on a post recently, you could beat someone to death with it. And <laughs> it would still be just fine. Um, so it's a great rail, but like, if you look at the way, you know, even the military now has started implementing MLOC, right. MLOC has become mm-hmm. very uh, popular. Um, it's kind of like the new, you know, current standard. So, right seeing that there was, you know, there's issues, whether either a rail doesn't stay in place on a barrel nut, right. Start using it, it shifts or it, you know, can be start to slide off or, you know, there's not enough contact surface between the rail and the barrel nut, or it doesn't take much because of the material, the rail is made out of that's going to flex and bend. And if you have lasers and stuff on the rail, isn't that the issue they just had with the, was it the URGI? Like, and that that spawned uh, even more memes and stuff uh you know yeah it has it has been nicknamed the the bendy boy right yep, and, right. and again I, I i try not to like what i understand the situation was the early on that they found that that was an issue and yep supposedly it had been corrected so but any more than that not 100 percent. you know i've i've had uh was it the mark 16 or whatever rail yeah you know, i've had before um, and to my knowledge, I didn't have an issue, uh, with the thing. So, but knowing that there's certain issues, you know, with MLOC and everybody wanted to be like uber lightweight, I wanted to do a MLOC rail 
that was sturdy. And if you put a, you know, a secondary siding system on it, you know, I'd like that siding system, whether it be as, you know, a laser or even like an offset, like we have on one of our guns, uh, we've got an offset that's further toward the receiver, but it's on the rail. Yep. Um, we want those things to maintain zero. So, um, it's, it's a heavy, you know, it's heavier than other M lock rails, but, um, it, it does what it's designed to do. Yeah. But I mean, you, you, you got to look at what you're, you're, you're giving, you know, I mean, there's no, um, perfect solution. So I think when guys look at, Oh, look how light this rail is. Oh, it's amazing. It's like, okay. But then to your point, you know, what are you giving up for that? You know, um, yeah, you have backup irons. Is that going to hold zero? I mean, if your rails flexes or is just not even, it doesn't have the integrity, right? That if you, if you took a bad spill or something down a hill or even just a flight of stairs, right? Is it still going to be where you left it? Or have you, have you ever fallen with your rifle? I have not. Thank God. <clears throat> well, well, if you haven't, it's, I mean, it's not, it's like a motorcycle. It's not if it's when, um, I can tell you several times I have like totally bit the dust, uh, coming out of vehicles through doorways, uh, out in a field, found a hole. All right. Almost snapped my leg. A hole. Yeah. On the like, you know, slap myself in the chin with the buttstock. I mean, it happens like, you know, stuff like that happens. And you're going to want to be able to trust your equipment to continue to be able to do its job. And yeah. that's me. That was more important than, Oh, it's uber lightweight. And then after two mags, I've got to have, you know, my Michael Jackson glove on because I can't hold on to the thing because it's so skeletonized. Yeah, lightweight. Heat just zips through it, you know, really fast. So. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the kind of stuff that, that, and I, I say this being what I would consider, I consider myself more a casual shooter than a lot of guys for lack of a better term. I don't shoot near as much as I would like to for a few reasons, but you know, people, people that aren't, um, I guess, professional end users, you know, law enforcement, military competition shooters, like they don't think about that. They just look at the overall weight and go, man, this is going to be sick. It's going to be so lightweight. It's going to be amazing. And then, I mean, hell, I remember my first rifle class and I, run 11 and a half inch with a quad rail. I was like, yeah, this will be fine. Like I heard on the internet that this helps with heat. This is going to be fine. And then I was like an hour and a half in and I was like, all right, where's a stupid glove? Like, give me this damn thing. And the round count for that whole class wasn't even 300 rounds for whatever that says, you know? So people don't realize that, you know, the, yes, the weight is cool and you know, it's definitely something to consider. However, it's not the only consideration and understand that you get what you pay for. You know, I think we've, I'm sure all of us, you know, whoever's listening to this, I know I certainly have, I'm assuming probably at one point in time in your life, you did. Everyone tries to get the cheap rail because they don't want to spend the money on something that's decent. I can tell you after having bought three or four, I finally would just suck it up. I'm like, you know what? It's worth it. I'm spending I don't even remember. I don't know. I bought the BCM quad rail and I was like, you know what? This is worth it. And I love that thing. And it's built like a, a damn tank, like cool. Mm-hmm. You know, or I finally upgraded like a Midwest industries after having some regrettably, probably airsoft grade uh, handguards on my, my, my first rifle, my 16 inch, like, all right, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm going to get something that that's going to, I'm not gonna have to worry about because this is bullshit. <laughs> you know, it's, <clears throat> it's a huge problem. You know, and, and sometimes 
you know, we learn a couple different ways as humans. I'm sure somebody's heard me say this before. You can either have the maturity to learn from other people's mistakes and, you know, take guidance from, you know, from people that know what they're talking about. Um, yeah. Or, and there's a lot to be said, you know, it's a good way to learn is making mistakes, right? Because, you know, when shit hurts, you remember it. So right. I, there's well, value either physical pain or financial pain, you know, and you figure out really quick when that shit rail that you spent $60 on craps out or breaks or cracks or bends, or whatever you're like, okay, so are you going to buy another one that's, that's cheap and, and shitty, or are you going to, you know, buy something that comes from a reputable manufacturer? I mean, yes, it costs more, but you know, I mean that $200 rail or $300 versus the $300 you ended up paying plus the at 150 you paid for the other two or or whatever like you could just save yourself 150 bucks and, and done it right to begin with and like you said yeah. everyone learns a little differently you know but well and then also too you know you talk about different roles in life you know if somebody is like hey i just i don't shoot a lot i just need to be able to hold on to the gun you know i don't have a bunch of doodads on the thing mm-hmm. you know maybe they don't need or even want the like you know, higher end for lack of a better term, or, you know, sturdier, you know, the just as good is fine for them. And then you've got some guys that, you know, like I want something that's, that's good, but I don't need the, like the newest, fanciest, you know, bees knees thing. And then you've got some guys that are like, I beat the absolute hell out of my stuff because of, you know, line of work or, sure. you know, they are like a high end competitor and they want everything very meticulously, you know, thought out and and put together a certain way so you've got those those different roles in life um that i think you know as as long as you're building to your needs right you know i think that's that's another important thing you know is is making sure you you build to your need yeah and i I mean that that perspective right it's really helpful um and i think that that more people especially i think we're seeing in light of we'll say recent events, you know, basically the last two ish years, right. We're seeing a lot of people actually looking into buying rifles for the first time um, and not really understanding where to go with it. Um, you know, Hey, well, the guy at Cabela's told me I could just get this, you know, like I said earlier, Ruger or this, this MP sport two, which I'm not, I'm not shitting on. I, I have a sport two and it's been a great rifle to me. However, like you said, use case, um, what do you want to be able to do with it? There's just, there's so much more context around that people don't understand when they make a lot of these decisions. And you know, kind of like we were talking about earlier, then it, it evolves right to this. We become information sources. Um, and as much as what you guys do that, that is, uh, teaching, providing information, that's not what, I mean, you guys make rifles and, and then you have a training component, but it's like, it's a byproduct, you know, you just can't help, but also help teach people. And I think that's, that's the right thing. That's the way that, <clears throat> that things need to keep progressing to, to see some of these poor decisions uh, from being made by folks that don't really have the money to waste. You know, I mean, God, if I, if I go back and think about all the money I've spent on shit that is literally sitting on the shelf right now that I will never touch again and never use. I mean, magnifiers with crappy flip up mounts or cheap scopes and, and optics and just, total crap because I didn't know any better and I just thought I was going to save money and this is a dumb mistake you know um and and people go through that it's a learning it's a learning experience you know nonetheless um it's it only becomes insanity if you just keep doing the same thing over and over 
and over again, expecting a new result. And it's just like, why does this keep like breaking or, you know, why is this not doing what I need it to do? Um, but, you know, if, if people can learn, you know, from, from those mistakes or, you know, those maybe uh, not so savvy purchases, then yeah. well, there can and, be value taken from that. And there's the, and there's the folks that don't learn. They, they do exist. I, I have a brother that he ordered a cheap rail for the, the first time around and they sent him something different than what he ordered. He didn't want to deal with the haggle sending it back. So he kept it. And then the next time around when he got away from like a fixed front site or, or something else, and he ordered another one, different, different company, same cheap, shitty quality. And Oh, look, it didn't, it's not what it looked like in the fucking picture. And then they had like a cheap shitty barrel nut that he had to have replaced or, or buy a different one at the gun shop when they installed it and stuff. I'm like, all right. I mean, just keep doing it, whatever. You'll get there eventually. I, I hope, I don't know, man, good luck with all that. You know, it's, I mean, you can, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. You know, it's, that's, uh, that's also true. And thankfully he's gotten there. Uh, but it took a while. It, it did take a while. And, you know, sometimes it's, what do you, what do you call it? Um, like a penny wise dollar foolish type thing, you know, mm-hmm. to save 40 bucks or something like that. I mean, it is what it is. Like you said, you can't you replace things. You end up spending more than what you initially were like, oh, I'm saving this much money. <clears throat> if you would have just saved, got the better thing and you, you wouldn't be out to like, you know, $70 when you were trying to save 40 to begin with. Right. And you had right. So, and then, so kind of <clears throat> jumping off from that, you know, it's, with what you guys do building rifles, would you say that that something like that was kind of part of what got you to this point, you know, wanting to be able to offer that it's not the, the $500 rifle off the rack, right. But it's going to be reliable. It's going to be what someone can pick up and just run with and go, but it's also not going to be the, you know, the $8,000 crazy race gun with all the goofy shit attached to it. That yeah. All the like whiz bang, like all these fucking old tiny parts and stuff, and they're all C's now. Uh, no, yeah, we're 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 um, you know, I've I've got all all this stuff set aside. It's prepped. Uh, you know, just waiting on some last minute you know parts to be coming in, um, and to be able to actually start putting out complete rifles. Um, but yes, the the goal is that you should be able to get this out of the box. You know, throw your optic or whatever it is you want to put on it you know, on the thing, go out to the range, zero it. And, uh, it's, it's going to work for you. Um, uh, Drew and, uh, one of his instructors, they each, they each have one that they've been playing with so far. They, they like them. Um, uh, they, you know, it's, it, I'm glad that they're, they're using them. It was fun to yeah. be able to do that for him as a, as you know, a thank you to everything that he's done, you know, for me, uh, over the years, but, um, making sure that it's a reliable, you know, you pull the trigger, it's going to go bang unless there's an ammo magazine issue, what have you, which um, you can only do so much about anyways, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we, you know, right now it's just me building, um, because I haven't, you know, there's, there's been times where we've, you know, got together and I'm, you know, showing the other guys, here's how you do X, Y, or Z. Um, mm-hmm. But we're, I, we're not to the point where I feel comfortable just like cutting dudes loose and letting them put stuff together and then it go out. So right now, especially since it's, you know, it's kind of my baby and 
you know, I'm responsible for the work. Yeah. Um, it's, it's me doing it now. And so like with full, full guns, it's more likely going to be more batch kind of, Hey, we got some, you know, X, Y, and Z's ready to go. They're available. Awesome. You know, and then the next batch, you know, will be worked on and get those going. Um, so, you know, we're, we're still very, very small, you know, very small company. So it's, uh, still again, a learning process, got to get comfortable with, you know, maybe yeah. in and, and getting them trained up and then being able to be that, that dad that lets the kid go finally like, Hey, eventually. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, but not trying to, to be some like, you know, budget build, but at the same time, we don't need to be, building some like $8,000, you know, $4,000 AR. Um, yeah. I think some guys get really wound up in, in, in some of the, just the weirdest things, you know, I, I really do think that if, as long as you have a, I mean, if you can buy, right. Buy something that is, that is built that you, from a company that you trust, a reputable company that you can pick it up and go. But I mean, worst case scenario, there's a couple things to look for, right? You know, you're going to be in at least okay shape if you can't, um, I would say, and, and correct me if you, if you, if you disagree, but I think one of the things guys really don't look at enough now is like barrel specifically your twist rate, um, <clears throat> where it comes from. I mean, uh, like the MMP sport, not, not ideal. Great for shooting target ammo. If you're gonna be shooting something a little bit nicer than that, like I really like, I know I've heard great things about Criterion and I think you guys work with, with them. Um, yeah. I've also heard good stuff. Like I, I run Roscoe barrels and I had good experiences with those. Um, I think ballistic advantage is one I heard of, but have a decent barrel. Um, and then you can get away with a little bit more, I think in terms of like your upper and lower receiver, just the bare receiver, you know, as long as it's not total crap, you'd be all right. Um, and then bolt carrier group. And really, I think that's not to, that's kind of high level, but I think guys get really, really wound up and like, oh, I got to have an adjustable gas block and I've got to have this kind of gas tube and I have to have, you know, the Radiant Raptor charging handle. It's like, okay, we'll pump the brakes for a second and just realize that that stuff adds up pretty quickly and a mil spec charging handle will work. A mil spec buffer kit will probably work. A mil spec trigger will work. And a lot of guys can't even outshoot the mil spec trigger. So I don't understand why everybody freaks out about having to have, oh, I have this guy's like $300 trigger dropped in here. Like, all right, dude, good luck with that. Um, they, they, can you shoot it? Like, oh, yeah, man, I, I shoot faster than belt fed. Mm, I, all right. I you're definitely, you're, you're right. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. And stuff to look for is, again, who made the barrel? you know, um, what's the, what's the track record of the barrel manufacturer. And like you said, I, I've, uh, been using criterion for a long time. Um, and, uh, Mike over there, I've actually known him since we were both, you know, years ago, back in law enforcement, we ended up at a, uh, Ron Avery and Travis Haley class together. Um, Ron Avery. God, I haven't heard that name in, in a while. I actually got to take a class, uh, from him, you know, him and Travis Haley in like 2013, uh, up in Indiana. And then that's where Mike and I met, but, um, uh, yeah, criterion is excellent. They do a really, really amazing job, um, in producing their barrels. 
Um, there's a lot, you know, actually Mike and Taylor, you, you should reach out to those two guys and have conversations with them that they, that would be a good podcast. Absolutely. Um, should talk to those guys. Um, but yeah, from your barrel, making sure that you have, uh, a solid bolt carrier group, you know, one that's, you know, sealed up, put together, right. Um, when I say sealed up, I'm talking about the, the, your gas key is like nice and level on the top of the, um, yeah, you know, your carrier is and everything's like, you know, sealed, installed, staked, you know, it's good to hook, um, um, a good bolt within that bolt carrier group. Um, and with our stuff, we use all spring codes like ejector spring, extractor spring, their donuts. Mm -hmm. We'll be moving to their gas rings as well. Cause Alan over at spring co, um, is it a, you know, very smart dude does a really good job with his springs. Um, and, and everything that he does. So bulk carrier group. Yeah, absolutely. Got to have a good bulk carrier group. And then, um, um, your, uh, something to pay attention to, like on the back end of the gun, um, again, spring coast springs. I'm always going to be like, yeah, spring coast springs. They're great. Honestly, I had never heard of them until I started looking into, you know, I was getting my can and wanting to just make sure that, um, it was going to cycle reliably. I, my first carbine class I shot with a guy who had a great rifle, uh, BG defense, I think, or, or type a up here in grand Rapids. It was one of those two, but he, he kept getting stove pipes, uh, with when he was running his can. And I'm like, God, it's kind of embarrassing. Cause it was like four drills in a row. We had to stop and let him clear it and rerun it. Come yeah. to find out, you know, somebody else let him borrow like, a, um, a Geisley braided spring. I think it was, and it solved the issue. So now fast forward, I'm like, all right, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with that. Down, so it wasn't catching. His exactly. carrier was way too fast. Right. So I was like, all right, I, I, I don't want to deal with that. I don't, you know, like I'm always kind of nervous when I go to classes. I don't want to be that guy that gets embarrassed for something dumb. Like if I shoot like shit, I can live with that sort of, but I don't want to have to be something, you know, dumb. So uh, once I started looking into it, like spring co came up a lot from a lot of different people. And I was like, I don't, have any idea who these dudes are but i've been thrilled with with the performance so far it's been it's been awesome and a lot of people like it and recommend it yeah what was sidebar comment um going up to uh when i visited tie up in alaska a couple years back we were out in the middle of nowhere stopped at this uh like rest area gas station type thing and there was a gun shop in it and we were checking out the gun shop a gun shop in a rest area (laughs) Yeah, it was awesome. It was was like, bam, there's a gun shop in here. Let's check this out. So we go in there, and on the wall, he had a bunch of Allen's uh, springs. He had the red springs, the blue springs, the white red, the white. You know, he had a whole bunch of spring coast stuff. So I took a picture, and I sent it to Allen. I was like, hey, dude, you're all the way up here in Alaska, man, like out in the middle of nowhere. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, dude, Allen, smart people. Uh, he's he's an excellent dude, quality person. Um, and he, and his work is great. Um, and I, and I say that to, to like segue, there's another part is like, we've had, uh, in past classes where someone got a buffer, like just off of Amazon or whatever, <laughs> and the thing coming apart in the gun. And so now the gun seized up, we couldn't get the gun apart. So we have to like remove the buffer tube, the castle and all that, like pull that off the back end. Jeez. That stuff out. So what I usually tell people when it comes to buffers, like, get a BCM like buffer, get a mil spec. And they're not, they're not that expensive. Even in the grand scheme. 
yeah <clears throat> you can get in i mean you know you can get into expensive ones like the the captured buffer stuff or like the silent buffers and everything that are really in my opinion kind of convoluted and to some extent maybe un- a little unnecessary but yeah it, a good buffer uh, what you're looking at 30 40 bucks typically for one that's going to work yeah, if you're like an h3 um you're looking at i think 36 37 dollars Yep. That's like, you know, generally in your, your middle spec ones, that's the heaviest one that you're going to deal with. Mm-hmm. Like that's not terrible. Um, so, but yeah, like good barrel, good bulk carrier group, um, a good, you know, make sure your buffer is not going to come apart or blow apart in the, in the gun. Uh, and then from there, I, I think making sure that the receivers, you know, you, you don't want them like there's a local place around here that, uh, I don't know how their guns are, you know, working or whatever, but there was just some very bad problems um, with, with some of their, their work. And uh, you, you want to make sure things like if there's a specific call out on your blueprint, please read your blueprint properly. When you machine your, your uppers. And your about how like the, the upper and lower fit together and the play that you get or, or hopefully don't get between the two. Yeah, that, so yeah, that, that can, that can play a role. Now, if you're staying within like a mil spec blueprint, you're probably going to have a little bit of play. Now, what some people have done, and I think BCM has done this for a long time, um, is, and I think that even since, you know, recently they've got a, they've their own forging and they've redone their upper receiver group. So it's like their own like forge and their own, like where the, you know, the upper receiver's fat and where it's skinny or it's beefed up, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But something that some of these companies will do and what we're moving toward is um, how we're going to machine the upper receiver. So uh, instead of having a little bit of that play um, between the upper and the lower, you know, we want to do a couple things uh, to the upper to, you know, help with that. And, you know, going to a thermal fit, uh, receiver extension, um, and then a couple other like little, little minor details that people probably won't even notice, but it's more, you know, for me, uh, so that I feel, you know, better, more confident about something or, you know, that doesn't bug my OCD. Yeah. Well, um, and I think some of that stuff, people don't realize that it, it, I mean, it's a, they're small things, like you said, but if they're done poorly, they compound on each other. And then you get to the point where guys are like, like me, like I'm, I, I hate the play between the upper and lower receiver. Um, you're never, I don't think you're ever really going to get away from it all the time, but if you can, it's great. Right. And like you said, if it's mil spec, mil spec, mil spec, like there's a, there's a healthy tolerance there, you know, so you're probably going to have some play. If you hate that, then save your money. Now go buy something better and, you know, maybe wait the six months, eight months, whatever it takes. And you won't have to deal with that, but otherwise you do, you know, you have to try and finagle your way around like the, was it the uh, little accu wedge in there or the rubber band around it? Or um, I just found out that Griffin armament, Griffin armament makes uh, larger takedown pins. They're like three thousandths wider or something that helps take out some of the slop. And I did that on one of my Palmetto lowers and it actually worked. It actually did help quite a bit. I was, I was very surprised what uh, that little bit did, but like it, <clears throat> it cost me like, 60 bucks to have somebody do it. Um, cause I didn't want to do it myself. I was like, ah, you can't be that bad. I'll just drop it off. And 
Yeah, no, 60 bucks later. Like, oh, you okay. can totally do this stuff yourself. One of our how-to videos will show you how to install those pins. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was, I was, I'm happy to support local business, but like when he hit me and that wasn't the whole bill, when I, I had him like switch over, I just bought a new arrow lower. Um, so I had him like, Hey, let's take my, my good buffer and brace off with like my good spring and everything in my law folder and put that over on the arrow lower. And then, Hey, on the old one, can you throw in these two pins? Yeah, sure. 80 bucks. I was like, dude, what? All right. You know what? Cool. I am going to learn how to do this myself next time. The hell with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and, and, and to do, and, and to, to, you know, switch from just, you know, going off of a mill spec blueprint, you know, with me and, you know, sitting down with the engineers, I'm going to, you know, articulate, I'll sketch out exactly what I want. They got to build it in, in CAD. And then uh, we got to bless off on that and make sure, you know, that all the, the key features that I want to make sure that, that, you know, we adjust. Mm-hmm. Um, or in fact, you know, what I want, then the machine's got to get programmed for that. And you have to like develop your, how, how are we going to set up, right? How are we going to hold the part so that the machine can do what it needs to do and is less operations or as few operations as possible. Cause the more like, you know, oh, I've, I've set up and it can only do so much. And then I have to get back in the machine and reset or if the machine yeah. is doing that, right? It, that takes time and this and that and the other, right? So we want to get our process down uh, for making those changes in the part. And then from there, now I have to get the part and I have to play with the part and make sure it's okay, we're good to go. Then you got to do like a few more of those parts to make sure we're repeating it and everything's doing, you know, the machine and everything's doing what it's supposed to be doing. Then you got to play with those parts. And then you get the warm and fuzzy and you're like, all right, now we can push the green button and, and do this. And that's, that's like best case scenario, unless there's like, Oh, it didn't come out how we were supposed to. So, all right, let's identify where that issue is mm-hmm. make that and then make a new part and then yeah. test that part, you know, that, that type of thing. So, you know, it's, it's going to take a little bit of time. Um, but you know, I want to be here for, for a long time, not just a, uh, yeah. you know, a short period of time. Yeah. Cause there's, I mean, and that's, you know, there's rifle companies popping up every week, you know, mm-hmm. and there's rifle companies folding up every week, you know? And I think that having that distinction, you know, that, that mindset and that approach to, um, to your product, your reputation, right. That's, that's important, you know, and I think people will understand that. And I think, uh, you know, approaching it that way, you guys will find success. You know, I think, um, just looking around what I see on the site, I don't think price is unreasonable. I think you have offer a good product. And I think you guys are doing it the right way with, uh, you know, the, I mean, how, the, the, the handguard design, um, you know, the, not even necessarily the justification, but maybe just some of the explanation around some things like why we like criterion. You know, I know there's enough videos of you out there on the YouTube and, you know, the Instagram and stuff talking about, um, you know, why you like criterion or, 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 you know, why you went with that or, uh, or something else, you know, um, I think that stuff all, it builds on each other and or on itself. Right. And it's, you you said, you want to be here a long time and, that's just, I, that's not even a growing pain. That's just in my mind. Anyways, it's just part of the process. 
you know, people, yeah, I'm, I'm too I think, old to be starting a new career again. I'm, I'm, I'm too old for that. <laughs> well, you're never too old, but I, I definitely understand not wanting to go through it again. Cause I know, uh, you know, we, we partner here with, uh, Eclipse holsters and I, I had the owner, uh, Jessica on a couple, a uh, couple weeks back and they've been running for about 10 years now, nine years. And she goes, if I knew then everything I know now about how hard that would have been, I would have never fucking done it. <laughs> No, know, and, and that's coming into this, you know, didn't know what I didn't know. And, you know, the, the you know, thinking, and, and this is something else I've learned is like, instead of telling, like someone asks a question, when is X going to be ready? And I'm like, oh, I should be able to do that in X amount of time. And then I say that, and then that time passes, right? Now I'm an yep. asshole, right? So trying to like with like the full guns, right? People have been, Hey, when's this, when's this, when's this. And I've been almost like, I'm trying to fight off that like peer pressure type feeling of, well, they really want it. I got to get this out there. It's like, well, when we're ready to, when we're ready to do it right, we will do it. You know, that's, so I think, and that's, that's one of the things that I I wish I would have kind of maybe a, a, you know, year and a half ago or a year ago, had more of this attitude where it's like hey let's breathe a second maybe we're trying to get too spread out you know um yeah. trying to offer the receivers in every color under the sun as long as well as the rails and this and that and like we we need to chill a little bit we need to you know streamline what we want to do now right get us get our feet under us you know so that we can more efficiently do what we want to do that is going to open up some more opportunities for us to grow and be able to do more and bring the people on that we'll need, you know, right. going forward. And it's, you know, the, like, like all the different weird, like licenses that I got to have posted up, depending on like where you have a business, like, Oh and yeah. Fire marshal wants to look at the fire extinguishers. I'm like, I, they're over there. I don't know. Like it, it's a lot of weird shit that I didn't, understand or foresee starting getting like doing my own business um it's there's still stuff that i'm like if i didn't if i didn't have a danny then i'd be screwed like you know all the fun stuff like you're gonna start a belting yeah all the good stuff like taxes and insurance and like the fire marshal coming in and building codes and it's like that stuff people don't i mean and like i said i grew up my mom she owned a restaurant so it's slightly different but I can definitely tell you like I the stuff she had to jump through even there, you know, with like the like said, certificates and the fire marshal. And, and that's, I didn't know I had to pay taxes every month, like every uh, month, not just at the end of the year, every month I was like, Oh my God. So, you know, it's, it's definitely been a learning experience. Um, and again, like not just the business side or not just the manufacturing side, like all of it, you know, managing, you know, now trying to coordinate with two different machine shops, right? We want to be able to produce more. And now it's like, all right, well, their schedule and then their schedule. When can I talk to these guys to talk to these guys? Did these guys send this dude this thing? Wait a minute. We've got phosphate outside code, you know, outside processing. We've got anno outside processing. You've got, you know, raw material schedules, um, you know, all the different like springs and small parts. See, and that's, and, you know, in my mind, that's the most frustrating piece is that you have all of those moving and you don't directly actually control any of it. You're just coordinating communication back and forth. And then, 
at the end of it, hopefully trying to pull it all together and put a nice bow on it and say, here it is, you know? And that's, I think one of the things that bugs me the most is like, yes, we're working with these other companies, but at the end of the day, you know, those are their companies and I'm not their only customer. And I, I don't like control. I have, I have only have so much control over various things. Yeah. Over Um, what they're going to do. Right. Right. So like, you know, if there ends up being like what happened uh, temporarily with the gas blocks, right. There was like a a delay in getting some of the material. And, uh, you know, because I guess what China and Russia were like, yeah, you know, whatever. So somehow that affected supply chain or, 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 you know, whatever. So that, you know, puts a delay on things. So then we have to adjust fire. So now it's like, well, I can't be working on this right now, so I can adjust fire to this. But if I do this, I got to make sure that, you know, Z is being done as well, because I can't do, you know, let's say I can't put muzzle devices on an upper receiver group if I don't have the gas blocks on already. Right. Type of stuff. Right. So yeah. um, I, I can't go test fire. Well, I guess I could without the, the rail, but we don't have like an in-house where I can just shoot it in the building. You know, I got to go to the range, you know, um, and do that. So I got to like carefully put stuff in the, in the truck. So things aren't getting scratched, you know? And so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, I, I don't envy it. I mean, I'm sure it's going it, to, it's fun, right? Like you said, when you get to the end of it and it's all done, it's fun. But yeah. So e- even, even when stuff doesn't seem to be going well, and like, it's like, you're getting just punched left and right. And you're just like, man, when am I going to be able to get, get a breath? Like even going through all that, we're, you know, we're getting better as a team here, problem solving, adjusting fire. Right. So we're, we're there's growth through that. And then when you finally do like pull it together and, you know, get that W, you know, get that small win. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it that much better. Uh, you know, much more of an accomplished feeling like, Hey, we did that, you know? So that's, that's something that, uh, we, we help remind each other, you know, every week, Hey, it'll be fine. Just we'll get there. Yeah. And it's just a temporary, uh, temporary situation right now right we want to do so much we want to do it all like right now and and we definitely sometimes will look at you know the larger you know big names in the company you got like you know bcm you know knights guysley you know arrow all all these people that have been here for years right you know if i'm not mistaken somebody told me that uh, bcm i guess you know he started that company in a garage like when he first started it was like you know and look at him now. Right. I'm sure that, that he grew, learned, you know, all that kind of stuff, hardships, you know, problems that he had to deal with and, you know, waking up and being like, why does every day feel like a shitty Monday? You know, I, I'm sure that they've gone through that. And we oh, got to, yeah. you know, I have no doubt that they did that. Before. Yeah. So it's patience again like you know learning patience and trying to you know take things as they come and all that kind of you know all that that hang in there poster bullshit we gotta we gotta keep you know keep that in mind right right now you guys will get there i have no doubts and i i think like i said i think you guys are are you specifically are, are approaching this with a very logical um approach and doing things the right way is always you know it's going to get you there 
just as fast as doing things the wrong way and uh and honestly doing doing shit the wrong way you might not get there at all so um exactly i mean you can choose how you get where you're going it's just your destination may be very different yeah whether that's uh bankruptcy or 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 great success so yeah you know choose your own adventure right but um we're uh i doesn't feel like it but we're at about uh an hour and a half so oh wow i'm sorry no man this is awesome. This is great. And it's a, it's a side of things like I've never talked about. I've never really gotten the opportunity to hear from somebody who's, I mean, doing what you're doing, like building a rifle. I mean, whatever you can order parts off the internet and you can put them together, mm-hmm. but hearing like how those parts come to be, you know, and, and the processes that it go, it's, it's very interesting stuff. Like I've really enjoyed this. I think this has been great. So, so don't apologize. Well, I, 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 this awesome. that, I could, I could totally turbo nerd, you know, turbo nerd out or whatever um but you know again thank you very much uh for the opportunity to talk with you I, th- this has been a yeah, lot of fun yeah absolutely hey before before i do uh we kind of cut it here can you just let the listeners know where they can find you guys uh you know your social media your website where you guys are at online yeah um uh we can be reached at contact at ripcordindustries.com um, or you can go on the website and we have like a contact us feature. It's just ripcordindustries.com. Um, and then I don't remember off the top of my head real quick. I, to, I don't remember if it's an underscore or what the hell it is. It's just ripcord underscore industries on Instagram. Um, like if, if someone shoots us a DM or whatever, we may not get to it immediately, but you know, we, we've been going through there and, and trying to keep up with that kind of stuff as well. So. Um, that's where we're at. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thank you. Thank you again for making the time. Uh, like I said, this has been really cool. Uh, very insightful on a lot of things. And I, I do really appreciate it. And uh, I mean, obviously wish you guys all the, the best as things are, sounds like really coming together and you're getting where you want to be. So uh, we'll be in touch and uh, hopefully we can do this again in the future. And uh, absolutely, hopefully I, I at that point, that. you know, things will be, things will be drastically different and you'll be saying, Hey, that shitty Monday every day that that doesn't happen so much anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate you, bud. All righty, sir. Take it easy. Take it easy. There you guys have it. That was my conversation with Steve Winninger from Ripcord Industries. Steve's a hell of a guy. We had a, an awesome conversation and, and I was fortunate enough to get some more of his time. We chatted offline, uh, you know, a bit before we, I was recording and, uh, and afterwards and, um, just, just a heck of a guy. I, I can't say it enough. Uh, very matter of fact, uh, you know, uh, I think what he's doing with record is awesome. You know, there's a lot of companies that pop up out there building rifles, selling rifles, uh, and they don't make it you know, a couple years here, there, uh, or, or handguns for that matter. It doesn't have to be <clears throat> specific to rifles. Um, you know, and then something happens, something goes wrong. They rush something, they do it the wrong way. They cut corners, whatever have you. And then, you know, uh, out of business, can't find that gun anymore or it's a poor, a, you know, piss poor product. And, uh, I think that Steve is really committed to doing things the, the right way and putting out a quality product that people can, can trust and entrust with their, you know, their life and, and that of their families. So, uh, it was, it was an outstanding conversation. I think he's doing amazing work with Ripcord. Um, and this was very new for me hearing, you know, the processes behind 
getting, you know, the forgings and things like that for, you know, receivers and, and the thought and the process that has to go into, you know, how are we going to handle this? How are we going to find, you know, a vendor to do this work or that work? You know, there's a lot to it. I think we, as, uh, you know, people all kind of on the outside looking into the industry, just take for granted, you know, until you get really into the nitty gritty and you get into the weeds and understand that, Hey, there's, there's an awful lot to this. And, uh, it's not the fun part. You know, the fun parts years down the road from now when the, the company's, uh, you know, all up uh, standing on its own and, and Steve can kind of, you know, step back a little bit and let it run. Um, but right now, you know, he's he's in there every day. He's doing it. He's he's building them himself. And, um, you know, I, I'm excited to see where Ripcord goes. But I was very, very excited uh, to, to be able to sit, to sit down and talk with Steve, hear what he's going through and, and what they're working on. Uh, and I was very glad to be able to share it with all of you guys. So hopefully you all enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, like I said, great guy. Ripcord's a great company doing really cool stuff. If you guys aren't following them, I would check them out on social media. Um, check out their website. Uh, you know, looking at some of their training, uh, looking at one of their rifles. If you're if you're in the market for a new blaster, go pick one up. Uh, but that's it. That's all I got for you guys this week. Uh, I thought it was, you know, just to say that's all I got is uh, maybe not doing this one justice, but uh, it is what it is. So I'll be back next week. I'm going to have another guest on. Uh, I Like I, I've said before, I'm extremely fortunate and, and very blessed lately to have some just some truly exceptional people on uh, as guests here. And I'm going to keep that rolling for the next couple of weeks. Uh, so i got two more guests lined up I think you guys are really going to dig. I am looking forward to both of them. And uh, yeah, we'll just we'll see what we see, right? So until next time, everybody, get out there, work hard, train smarter, and like we always say here, be prepared. <laughs> <laughs>